Good morning on this Christmas morning. Well, it happens to be on a Sunday. We want to thank God for an opportunity for us to be alive on this very special day. So I'm grateful to see you all. Amen. Merry Christmas to you all. I pray may you experience every blessing that this season offers. Uh, this season offers joy. Uh, when the angel came to Mary, the angel said, I bring you greetings of great tidings of joy. So there is joy in this season. I pray may you experience peace, love, and every blessing that Christmas has to offer. I don't think if you look at Christmas from a scriptural point of view, it has anything negative or anything bad to offer. So every good thing, every blessing that Christmas has to offer, that may be yours, may you receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we thank God for today. I just want to go straight into the word. Go with me to the book of James chapter 1. <clears throat> James chapter 1, verse 16. Now let me even read 17. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Uh, based on today's scripture, I'm ministering on what I call the best gifts of Christmas. The best gifts of Christmas. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you that once again we have come before you to receive instruction, to receive inspiration on this Christmas morning. We thank you that we will live here blessed and we will live here transformed. Uh, Father, we thank you that you have your way in the midst of us. And we pray that may you be prevalent in this season, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, one of the common features of Christmas is gift giving or gifts in general. Because some people don't give gifts, they just receive gifts. But that's what that's one feature of Christmas. In fact, um, for those of you who do attend Midweek Bible study, we've been doing the series on what's the big deal about Christmas. And we are trying to shift our focus from what Christmas has been naturally to its deep and real significance, which is spiritual. We have said from the onset that Christmas is not about consumerism. It's not about us indulging in our fantasies and buying gifts and you know all that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you should you should enjoy, right? It's it's good. I mean, nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, we've also said that Christmas is also not about um retail people also rewarding us right it's 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 not just about corporations trying to make a big buck because when it's during christmas season every every corporation or every corporate entity in america especially in this part of the world they use it as a time to really score points and make their profits which in their world is called commercialization 
So that means you are trying to manage or run something for financial gain. That is not the essence of Christmas. Christmas is not about the celebration of company. I know today is the day friends and family might come over, they will be feasting and all that, which is good. And we don't discourage that. But we have to look at why we celebrate Christmas. Christmas is about Christ. So it's not about commercialization. It's not about consumerism. It's not about the celebration of company. Christmas is about Christ. Because when we are able to put Christ in, in the center of it all, and make him the most prevalent thing about Christmas. It affects how we see a lot of things, including gifts. And this scripture I read makes us know what is called the perfect gift. The best gift is from above. And it's the father of all lights. So may I submit to you that Christmas, the best gift of Christmas, might not be the shoe you may have wanted to buy that you got. The best Christmas may not be um, some some expectation or, or some desire that you wanted which which has been fulfilled so now you can check the box that the best Christmas is or are eternal gifts and today I just want us to look at a few of them I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list I just want to give you something very concise and something for you to think about amen so those are what we should focus more on during this Christmas. I think Christmas should be a time whereby we should reflect on what truly the birth of Christ means and what the best birth of Christ has offered the believer. We have to look into that. And, and I think that with having such deep thoughts and making that part of the celebration will we'll, we'll make it a bit more meaningful to us Amen. So that because if we just try and look at Christmas just from a peripheral point of view, which just has to do with eating and buying stuff and exchanging gifts, Christmas doesn't become a blessing. You end up after the season, you will come back to square one. You will still feel hollow, you will still feel empty. But I want to believe that even after the season, we should still feel refreshed, we should still feel very hopeful. We should still look forward to what God has in store for us because we have been able to look at Christmas from the lens of Christ or from the lens of scriptures. Amen. So when we are talking about the best gifts of this season, it's spiritual. They are eternal gifts. And we just read the scripture that says that anything that has to do with good, that has to do with perfect, is not on this earth. It is from above. And that includes the season of Christmas. Amen. So let me go through some gifts that Christmas has afforded us. Amen. So maybe you may have ticked your, 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 your checkbox or maybe your checkbox still leaves unticked. But uh, have that assurance that these gifts are within our reach and we can rejoice in these than just becoming superficial. Are you understanding me? So go with me to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Let me even start from verse 20. Let me start from verse 18. Let's read concept. Well, this, so this is the angel appearing to 
Mary, the mother of Jesus, the ethnic mother of Jesus. And let's look at what transpired. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, which means engaged, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Jesus, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you marry your wife, for that which is conceived in hers is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So the interesting thing is that this is talking about an angelic encounter with Joseph in a dream. So Joseph was asleep. And he had an angelic counter in his dream telling him about what to do with Mary, the child that you will give birth to, and the assignment of the child in a dream. So God speaks to us also through dreams. And in the dream, the most important thing you can underscore from this is that he, the angel told Joseph who was to be the father, the name of the child, and the assignments of the child. He will save people from their sins. One of the best gifts of Christmas is salvation. And what's the meaning of salvation? Salvation means that Christ came to save us from our sins so that we will not have to incur the wrath of God, but we will incur his good pleasure. It's out of salvation that you and I can say we are righteous, it's out of salvation that you and I can say we've been justified. It's out of salvation that you and I can say that we have been reconciled to God our Father because Christ died on the cross. So salvation is one of the best gifts that we can celebrate during this season. So whenever the Christmas season hits, always remember the gift of salvation. And it came at a free cost. The best gifts are from God, our Father. It's free. You don't need money to buy it. It's free and it's perfect. So we thank God for salvation. And the fruit of salvation is that we can gather here on a Sunday morning like this and worship the Lord. Whether it's a Christmas Sunday or it's just an ordinary Sunday, it will never affect how we will congregate as a body of believers and worship the Lord. So we are here because it's a fruit of salvation. So salvation is one of the best gifts. So today, remind yourself of the best gifts of Christmas, which one of them is salvation. Amen. Number two, go with John 10, 10. John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the second gift of Christmas is abundant life. 
I want to talk about abundance life here. What does it mean? Abundance life here means eternal life or everlasting life. That is a blessing. And what does it mean when the believer experiences abundance life? Abundance life does not necessarily mean you will not die on this earth. The Bible says that it is appointed for man to die and after death judgment. Abundance life means you will live in the hereafter. When this end of the age occurs, you will live. That is abundant life. That's where abundant life truly occurs. It's when the end of this age comes that you are not subjected to eternal damnation. You are not subjected to eternal death as a result of judgment. But you will rather be with Christ at the end of this age where the Bible says that we will receive glorified bodies. We will be transformed. First Corinthians chapter 15, all the 58 verses talks about that. And the reason why we will be able to meet Christ again rejoice with him and be alive and reign forever is because we are candidates of abundant life. So this morning, we rejoice in the season of Christmas because Christmas did not just offer a salvation that we have been saved from our sins. It also offered us abundant life. Look forward to that. That is our destination. We have been destined with Christ to live with him forever and ever. The ending of a believer is beautiful. The ending of a believer is not on this earth. The ending of a believer is that one day he will get to go to Bola land or Beulah land, as some people pronounce it. The, the, the city of God, the city of Jerusalem, which has been built. And, and when you read Revelation chapter 21, you will see the description of where we are going. One day we have a place called home. It, it is a place that is etched in eternity. And you and I will be able to live there. Why? Because of abundant life. So Christmas offers us the gift of eternal life or abundant life or everlasting life, whichever you want to call it. Try and remember that when Christ came on this earth as the best gift of God, he offered eternal life, abundant life to anybody that will believe in him. And today, if you and I have believed in Christ, wow, we have eternal life. We lay hold to the gifts of eternal life. Amen. Let's look at number three. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. And let me start from verse 21. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. We read this at Bible study last week. We talked about the price Jesus had to pay whilst he was on this earth, that he didn't have to commit sin. There was a reason why so that he could become the unblemished sacrifice for the sins of the world. And we liken that to the Old Testament lamp or goat that will be used for sacrifice. It had to be unblemished. It had no physical defects. Likewise, when Jesus became that 
lamp of the world that would be sacrificed, he had to be unblemished in the sense that he didn't have to have sin. So he didn't sin nor was deceit found in his mouth so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to atone for the sins of this world. Amen. 23. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. You see the abundant life here. By whose stripes we were healed. So, the next best gift that we are talking about here is healing. Believe God for healing. Healing is a real thing. Healing is a promise of God. It is a gift of God. Christ did not just die for our sins that we will live for righteousness, but he also died so that our healing is paid for. Now, when you're a believer, it doesn't mean you can't be sick. It doesn't mean you can't be diagnosed with terminal diseases. All those things can happen and will happen. But we can be rest assured in the fact that when Christ died on the cross, he didn't just pay for our righteousness. He didn't just pay for us experiencing abundant life, which will take place at the end of this age. But also we might be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. So Christ dealt with the spiritual defects that will affect our soul, which is sin. And he also dealt with the physical defects that deals with our body in the terms of sicknesses and diseases. Christ has afforded us the gift of healing. And I believe in that strongly. Amen. So Christ just doesn't want us to experience the gift of eternal life. He also wants us to experience the gift of healing. So I believe in healing. I believe in Christ's power to heal because healing is a gift for us. Receive this gift of healing during this Christmas Sunday morning. I don't know whatever sickness you may be facing. I don't know whatever sickness that your friend your family member, or whoever you know may be experiencing, today present to them the gift of Christmas. The gift of healing this Christmas. That is what they need. Amen. Let them know that Christ is a healer. Healing has been made available on the premise of Christ being born. You know, when Jesus came on this earth, he was sort of like a superman. They had never seen anybody who had power and mastery over sicknesses and diseases like him. And the good thing was that this power was transferable. It wasn't just Jesus. The apostles were able to also flow in that. Healing is a gift. And thank God that we have received healing for our bodies. So therefore, if you are diagnosed or whenever you fall sick, don't succumb to sickness. Believe God for healing because his word says so. So one of the best gifts of Christmas is we are healed. Believe God for healing. Amen. Number four, go with me to John chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. John chapter 1, 
verse 16 to 18. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. I don't know, but John chapter 1 verse 18 speaks to me a lot. If you want to see God the Father, look at God the Son. Because God the Son came to declare who God the Father is. And he declared him by word and by deed. So when Jesus was healing, he was in, in, in essence declaring who the Father was to the people. That I heal because my Father heals. I cast out demons because my father cast out demons. He came to show who God the Father is. He came so that the people will not have an abstract view of God the Father, but they will know God because they will see him through Jesus. And one of the things that Jesus came to do was that he came to introduce grace because the Father is gracious. And when we talk about grace, what is grace? Grace is unmerited favor. I believe one of the best topics, uh, you know, that has been very well written, or on, uh, excuse me, one of the best books that has ever been well written on the topic of grace has to be our presiding bishop. He has a book called Greater Grace. I mean, if you read it, he goes through the whole shebang on what grace is. Amen. Grace is very exhaustive. And time will not even permit me to go through it. But if you have the book, you can read it and refresh from. So I think it's about 17 or 18 chapters. And Grace has really been explored and has been taught into two very well in depth and very detailed and very biblical. Amen. It's very sacrosanct with scriptures. But when we talk about Grace, Grace is unmerited favor. You and I do not deserve favor. It's unmerited. Unmerited in the sense that we do not deserve it. Unmerited in the sense that we didn't have to really work for it. It's a gift. And what a time where we need grace. And thank God for his grace. He has given us unmerited favor. Why? Because Christ came to let us know that the Father is gracious. And that speaks to us about the gratuitousness of our Father. It speaks to us about the generosity of our Father. And it speaks to us about the welfare of our Father, that we didn't deserve grace. We who were children of wrath, we who were dead in our trespasses and sins, did not deserve favor. That is why it is called unmerited. It's, it's unmerited because we had no works that could be requisited enough for the grace of God. Nothing. God just gave us grace and he, he gave it to us in the form of Christ because he loved us. We didn't deserve it. So in, during the time of Christmas, try and remember God's undeserved love towards us. God's undeserved favor towards us. It's a great gift. It is called the gift of grace. And one of the words that has so many meanings is grace. It just doesn't mean unmerited favor. 
In some places, it also means unmerited empowerment. So you and I have been empowered, we've been endowed, we've been, we've been gifted, all because of grace. Grace is one of the beautiful things to learn. And when you come to understand what grace is, grace will change how you will completely see God. Amen. We have been graced. We have experienced the grace of God. Why? Because God just loved us. And he gave it to us not because we merited it. He gave it to us just because he loved us. There is nothing that any of us could do to merit God's grace or merit God's love for that matter. We are here just because he loved us. Amen. Number five. Go with me to John chapter 14, verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, right here, you see peace as an inheritance and you see peace as a gift here. And Christ is saying that he has given us this peace so that our hearts will not be troubled and we will not live in fear. Therefore, today, if you cower in fear and you have a troubled heart, maybe it could be you have the absence of peace. Not maybe, certainly you have the absence of peace. Because the day the peace of Christ floods your heart, the day the peace of Christ floods your mind, you will not experience a troubled heart and you will not cower and live in fear. Therefore, today I pray that may God really heal our troubled hearts and may God give us that boldness to be able to live that we will be free of fear. Can you imagine living in, in a place whereby you are free of fear? You have no limits. Do you know how far you could go? You will push every button. You will exceed every expectation and you will fulfill every desire. Sometimes we are not able to rise because of fear. Can you imagine living in a world where you have no fear? You think about all the things you fear and imagine if you live in a world without fear. Some of you could release albums but because of fear. Some of you could be great businessmen or women but because of fear. Some of you could do things that you are doing now on a very large scale, but because of fear. Some of you could even serve God more and, and increase your devotion to the things of the Spirit, but because of fear. You Think of everything that you can do. Think of everything that you have the potential, but because of fear. And can you imagine living in a, in a perfect world, so to speak, where you are free of fear, well, can I tell you that you don't have to really escape this world to live in a perfect world to be free of fear. You can be free of fear here in a fear-driven world because you have the peace of God, which is the gift of God. Therefore, this morning, I pray that may you experience peace that will heal your troubled hearts. 
May you experience peace that you will walk bereft of fear so that you can fulfill your potential. Some of you can fly as high as the eagle, but fear has got you trapped down and it has clipped your wings that you are flying like a hen. You are flying like a chicken and you are not going to really go far. I pray that may you be free of all fear so that you can soar and you can rise high on the wings of the Holy Spirit and go to places where you have never been before because fear is not in the picture. That is made possible when we receive the peace of God. We have to receive that peace. And Christ said it, my peace I live with you, my peace I give to you. Peace is an inheritance for every born again believer and peace is a gift. That is why it's an inheritance. Therefore, receive peace. So remind yourself of this season that we are in, that I am an heir of peace or an heiress and I have received peace because it's a gift, not because I did anything to deserve it. It's just a gift. And that's why grace is powerful. Grace is powerful because it's unmerited. And, and out of grace, we have received every blessed, every perfect gift from the Father who is above. Amen. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You see, I just spoke to you about the peace of God. So we don't just have the peace of God, we also have peace with God. And they are not really the same. Peace with God means God and I are not at enmity. Peace with God means that we can talk to him like a friend. Peace with God means that sin is not the chasm that stands between us and God. We have a free flow of communication that exists between us. See, so when we talk about peace as a Christmas gift, it's not just the peace of God, it's also peace with God where we are not at enmity. Because of Christ's death, it has abridged that gap that existed between man and God. And that's why we can now experience God in a personal and a very deep way because we have peace with God. Amen. So thank God for peace. We have the peace of God and we have also experienced peace with God where sin is not the issue. Because if sin was the issue, God will be at enmity with man. But that has been taken care of. We have the peace with God or the peace of God. Amen. So thank God for Christmas. That's why we are here. That's a typical example. We are here because we have peace with God. That's why we can sing songs of worship to him and be at service we have experienced peace. Not just peace that will be for our welfare, but we also have peace whereby the relationship has been abridged, it has been affixed because God has reconciled the world to himself on the basis of Christ's death. Amen.
number six. Go with me to Ephesians chapter two, verse 18. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. The seventh gift is that we have direct line and direct access to God our Father. It never used to be so. If you read the Old Testament, there were so many rules of engagement that you have to follow so much protocol to worship God. We don't have that anymore. You can go to God anytime, any day. You can worship God in your pajamas. You can just wake up and go to him. You can call him in the morning. He will answer. You can call him in the afternoon. He will answer. You can call him in the evening. He will answer. You can call him at night. He will answer. You may have even have some terrible dreams or nightmares. You will call him. He will answer. He will answer any day, any time. We have direct line, direct access to God our Father. We have access to God our Father. The best gift of prayer. Why? Because it's just by Christ or through Christ that we have access. We have access. And let me end with number seven. We have joy. John chapter 15, verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. Your joy will be full. May you experience full joy. May your joy be full in this season. So during this season, we have experienced the best gifts of Christmas, which are eternal. Meditate and reflect on salvation. Meditate and reflect on abundant life. Meditate and reflect on healing. Meditate and reflect on grace. Meditate and reflect on peace. Meditate and reflect on your direct access you have to God our Father. And meditate and reflect on joy. I pray that as we do that, we will come to understand that these are the best gifts. Why? Because it comes from the Father above. We bless God for Christmas. Thank God for the gifts that people will give to us. Thank God for everything. But above all, we have experienced the best gifts of Christmas, which are eternal. Thank you, Lord. We bless your holy name for this word. We have received your word. Thank you that through your scripture, we know that we have experienced gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, if you are here, you might be listening to me by podcast or wherever you may have this message and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, I want to pray for you. Receive the best of all gifts. That is Christ, Emmanuel, Jesus, who came to save us from our sins. Receive him and through him, you'll be able to have access to all these other things. If you are here and you've not received Christ, just say with me, Lord Jesus, please come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I believe with my heart that because of my sins, you died on the cross. Father, please forgive me of all my sins. I thank you that I have become your son. I thank you that I have been reconciled to you. Oh, Father, I thank you for loving me 
and for showing yourself strong to me through this message. I receive you as Lord. Satan, I renounce you. You have no power over me. I shift comes now from the camp of darkness into the camp of light. Oh Lord, I thank you that you have written my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray this prayer with me, congratulations. God richly bless you. You are a believer. The next best step now is to find a good Bible-believing church where you can fellowship with for your consistent growth and intentional growth in, in the things of God and in the things of the Spirit. If you don't have any church and you are looking for a church, you can visit us on our web at iccnewjersey.org. God bless you. Over to you, Pastor Jessica.